All right, five days until football season, and we got a week one depth chart. Giving you guys all our takeaways on that, plus some talk about our guy Garrett Schrader. That's all coming up right after this. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it was breaking news at the end of yesterday's show, but the week one depth chart is out. It came on Monday. Dino Babers did his press conference. Feels good to have all that back, Ty. We are getting into the swing of things here in week one. And after not getting one all off season, I mean, we've kind of been left <laughs> in the dark. No spring game, no spring depth chart, none of that. None of it. And we finally got one. It feels like we're, we're back to, to football season, back into the swing of things. I know we had a couple games over the past weekend, but let's be honest. What what was that over the past? Like, there was not a single ranked team in action. There really wasn't a single good team in action either. So, yeah. what are we doing? This is this is the real football week. Thursday, there's like five ranked teams playing, I think. So, that's kind of right. your, your appetizer. And, and that's not like a... That's not like a basket of fries as an appetizer. That's like some shrimp. That's some calamari there as an appetizer to get you going. Some crab cakes out there. Yeah, we got Georgia Clemson will be on a secondary screen for me because I think it's on the same time as uh, the Syracuse game. So excited for week one of college football. And don't forget, if you're just a college football fan, we've got you covered here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Tune in to your favorite Power 5 conference show Dropping Thursday, September 26th, and Friday, September 27th. Just search for Locked on ACC if that's your favorite, or if you want to check out all aspects of college football. We've got Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC. Big 12, at least for now, until they uh, maybe disband the conference <laughs> in a little bit. But it's maybe all they'll merge the, the SEC and the Big 12 show. I don't know. I don't know yeah. how they're going to do it. Maybe they'll just we'll, kick we'll the Big 12 guys out. I don't know. Right. For now, those are the Power 5 conferences, and you can find them on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked let's get On into AAC this. might be coming to yes, a, a podcast provider. Who, who knows what, what is in store? Um, but let's get into the step chart. It's funny, you know, last year, this was such a wild day when we saw Chris Elmore at left guard, and it was like, yes. oh my gosh, is this real? Is Dino playing some gamesmanship here? Are we really this I dire? Wish- we were on YouTube back then. By the way, we are on YouTube now. Subscribe to yes. the show. You can live chat along with the, the live stream as well when it does go live. And if you missed the live stream, it's stored on, on YouTube as well. But be sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. That would have been great to see our reactions then because it, it would have been raw. It would have been, whoa, like Bill Simmons on draft day when Anthony Bennett goes number one. But <laughs> I, pretty standard stuff here today. I mean, yeah. There was, that was a bad surprise last year with Chris Elmore. I, I wouldn't say there's anything too shocking this time around. If anything, maybe a good surprise when you look at, oh, what do you know? Deuce Chestnut, a starter. We, we had that sure. literal live reaction yesterday. They were good surprises, I feel like, on this depth chart. Right. My mind is now trained. All right. What's the offensive line? How's that look? And I feel like the yeah. offensive line was pretty much how you would have guessed it to this point. Shout out to Kalen Ellis. He is in there as a true freshman who's a big true freshman. And I guess that's a big part of why he has shined so far. Dakota Davis listed as number two right now. I was curious about him. Seems like Dino and the staff are doing everything they can to get him ready for game one. They really want him out there. But right now, Darius Tisdale's the right guard. I still feel like Davis will play at least some in week one because they know how valuable he is, but we'll see. That's really the only question mark offensive line-wise, and it's good to see 
There was a little bit of question mark about Chris Bleich, Matthew Bergeron. They're on there. It's all status quo there. So that was a big relief to see the offensive line not have a left guard that is a fullback at, yeah. <laughs> at this stage right. of the season. I That's think nice the to see. One, the one little shocking thing at right guard in regards to Dakota Davis is that it wasn't an or designation. Sometimes you'll see that with players yeah. who have been injured a little bit, missed some time in training camp, in practice week, whatever it is. But to not see the or designation there, I was a little surprised by that, that, oh, you're not going to play a little game, a, a little tactical game here of depth chart uh, f- uh, chess with, with your opponent here. That, sure. to me, I think was the only, uh, that's a little odd that we might not see Dakota Davis as much as we anticipated. And, and same goes for McKinley Williams. I thought maybe, you know, his injury, we would see an or. He was just labeled as the starter. And even though he hasn't really participated in camp or practice from what we've seen and read so far, he's been dealing with an illness. But hopefully he is ready to go as well. That's a question mark still. So I think one of the biggest surprises, we can kind of run through it, I guess, starting on offense and then any other takeaways that come up as we go here. We'll also talk some Garrett Trader at the end of this podcast and, and because we're doing quarterbacks this week. But Running back, you mentioned or designations. There's one right off the bat at running back. And I guess it's noteworthy. DeVito is the starter at quarterback. I'm sure yes. people saw that. Mm-hmm. There wasn't an or designation there, which I guess there was a possibility that could happen based on how Dino I'm was talking. I'm almost surprised but. that there wasn't. Are you at yeah. all surprised that there was? Because he effectively named a starter by doing this. If he right. wanted to leave it up in the air or some sort of mystique, there would have been an or. And I don't know, maybe this is the, the, the great ploy that Dino's putting in here. Maybe we do see Garrett Schrader trot out there. I remember a couple seasons ago, um, Andre Schmidt was listed as the second string kicker. But who trotted yeah. out to take the first extra point against Western Michigan? It was Andre Schmidt. Now, and we had no idea who he was. Remember we had that? no that idea was who he moment. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I remember because I was I was calling that game for the college radio station at Syracuse, and for some reason I was looking through everything and just doing my my last second housekeeping, and I see the the pronunciation guide, and I see Andre Schmidt's name. I'm like, oh, probably not going to need that, but good to know that is Schmidt. And then I see him go out there for the first thing. Because if, if the first time I had seen his last name and I read that with uh, the only vowel being a, a sometimes Y, I would have lost yeah. my mind. But, oh, but yeah. luckily, it's I, I just happened to stumble upon <laughs> that uh, before, before the game started. Right. So quarterback, I guess, a little bit of a surprise. I think you're right. I thought Dino might do some gamesmanship there. I think if you're Ohio, you're still preparing at least a little bit for Garrett Schrader. But running back, there's that or designation for Cooper Lutz and Jarvion Howard, Abdul Adams not listed. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about when we did the most important running backs. I really feel like Abdul Adams is the most likely guy to be left out in this group. It's hard to argue it's not looking like that right now. I'm not saying he's not going to play this year, but it just feels like Cooper Lutz and Howard have looked good in camp while he has still been struggling to get back to where he was, basically. Well, availability, too, is something that when you're in that deep of a running back room and you're missing time like, like Adams has throughout the, the training camp period, that's important. When you're available, you're going to be an asset, especially at the running back position where, as we know, in football, the, the importance of the running back, it feels like has deteriorated because 
you feel like you can almost plug and play anyone at times. And Sean Tucker, I don't think anyone thought he would emerge as, as some amazing back for Syracuse last season. And what do you know? He was fantastic. He's a guy who is borderline and all ACC running back now heading into his <laughs> sophomore season just out of nowhere. So, yeah, if you can't play in, in training camp, you can't show what you can do. Not as surprising. And I think you're right. It could be a very uphill battle for Adams. Now, one way that he can get on the field, show that you can block really well. Yeah. Because there could be third and long situations, and we know he can be a solid pass catcher for you as well. If he can show that, that he can block and get out and maybe leak out into some routes as well, that's going to be a way to get you on the field. Because guess what? Newsflash, there's going to be a lot of third and seven pluses this year. That, at least that's my right. gut feeling right now. <laughs> and that could be an asset for you if you can help out in that regard. So at wide receiver, real quick, before we get to a break here, Taj Harris in the slot, Sherrod Johnson starting. Also, shout out to Rondé Gadsden. He cracks the two deep as a yeah. true freshman, which we talked about him as a sleeper. I think that's great to see. It's just funny to me because Sherrod Johnson is 5'11", and he's starting, and then his backup is 6'6", Damian Alford. <laughs> but I, I really do like the Tajs in the slot here. That's exciting to me. Yeah, you got Courtney Jackson in a backup role here. And we, we talked about this when we were doing our positional previews. Taj Harris in the slot is a different beast. We've talked about it too, how his ability to break tackles, also super impressive. He's just a slippery player, it feels like, when he's got the football in his hands. His best game of the season came when he had his highest slot percentage last year. That came against NC State. His third highest slot game was his second best game of the season. So you can see the danger that he poses. A 13-reception game against NC State, 146 yards and a touchdown. Slot, highest slot percentage game of the season. Six receptions, 138 yards, and that bomb touchdown that David Cutcliffe called one of the best throws he's ever seen. And the guy coached Peyton Manning. That was his <laughs> third highest slot game. And Taj, of course, had another great game there. So makes a lot of sense. Happy to see it. I think... I would rank that as the second best thing in terms of optimism that I saw in the Syracuse depth chart. All right, more depth chart takeaways. We'll get into the defensive side of the ball in just a little bit. But guys, you know, there are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you are sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's that time of the year. It's embarrassing. You don't want to be that guy with the pit stains. You don't want to be out there during important speech, interview, first date, God forbid, that would be the worst case scenario. And I'd much rather not worry about any of that. So that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinically antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I have used it. It is great. And if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. That's S-W-E-A-T-B-L-O-C-K. Get it today for 20% off at Sweatblock.com. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's LOCKEDON, the promo code, to get 20% off at Sweatblock.com. Or you can find it at Amazon or your local CVS. This episode also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is impossible for your local chain or auto parts store 
to stock all the parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You've got computers and phones with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You'll save plenty of time and plenty of money. Hey, time is money too when you use rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and the prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you again. Right locked on in that how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, so getting into the defensive side of the ball here, as we take a look at this week one depth chart, what stood out to you defensively? I think there were a couple surprises. We touched on Deuce Chestnut a little bit. Great to see. I don't even know if that's a surprise at this point. We're kind of just optimistic that that would happen. It was and it did happen. Cross, I think, for yeah, us. Yeah, right. The best but way what to else it. stood out to you on the defensive side of the ball? Well, my number one is certainly Deuce, but I'll, I'll move on to a number two, and that's at the free safety spot and, and Ben Labrose taking over there. Dino has spoken highly of Jason Simmons. A number of beat writers have spoken highly of Jason Simmons. When Stephen Bailey was on with us, he was high on Jason Simmons. Um, you've heard some players talk about him too. And listen, Jason Simmons is going to see the field at some point. Yeah. Would not shock me to see him as a starter. And it doesn't necessarily have to be at the free safety spot. It could be anywhere really across right. the secondary. The versatility is what makes him so key. And maybe it's the fact that he hasn't played a full season of football since 2019 because the team that he was on uh, did not play last season. So we'll see. Maybe it's getting him back into the game shape of the whole thing, but he's a smart player, comes from an NFL pedigree. His father's an NFL coach right now. Wouldn't be shocked to see him on the field at some point, but good for Ben Labrosse. Cracking the, the yeah. starting rotation here as the, the free safety for the Syracuse team. Ben Labrosse kind of got forgotten about a little bit. He was a big recruit, and I talked about him when we did the sleeper potential candidates for the defensive side of the ball. But you're right. I think Jason Simmons and him are going to basically split time at that position. Based on what Dino said yesterday, he was asked about them, and he was like, look, someone has to go out there first. And – we saw in FanFest, I think they both took snaps at the one or with the starting ones there at free safety. I took that as Ben LeBros is good and he's done some really good things in camp to earn that spot. But also, if you're kind of deciding a tiebreaker between the two, you might as well just go with the guy who's been in the Syracuse defense a little bit longer. And then we won't exactly label Jason Simmons as the starter, but to me, by week three or week four, he'll be probably playing more than Ben LeBrus. And I like Ben LeBrus a lot. I just think Simmons is that good. Well, it could be one of those situations, too, where he's playing starter, in terms of volume, the starter number of snaps, but it might be littered across a couple of different positions, too, because, okay, not all of these guys can play all the positions that, that Simmons can. So, okay, right. maybe he spells Deuce Chestnut for a few here. Maybe he spells Rob Hanna for a few, then Jihad, then, then Ben Labros. He could play maybe two, three, four positions during a game, too. And it, it reminds me a lot of Trill. I don't, we'll see if the talent level is the same level as Trill. Right. I think he's got a, a little bit of an uphill battle to get to that point. But when you've got the versatility, you're going to find a spot for yourself on the field. 
injuries happen. You feel a lot better if one of these starting safeties were to go down and having a backup like Jason Simmons, who you can plug and play pretty much anywhere. That defensive back group feels like the key to the defense this year. It feels like we kind of know what we're getting defensive line-wise. Hopefully McKinley's healthy. Linebacker, we should note, Marlo Wax over Jeff Cannon-Arku. A little bit surprising to me, but not a shock because even when we ran through the numbers and we were doing most important linebackers, Marlo Wax was better than him last year statistically. So we heard some good things in camp. I was a little surprised to see him actually listed as the one. I think they're all going to play a good amount, those four linebackers, but good to see that Wax did get tabbed as the starter. And it's a talented room, too. I mean, yeah, we've heard Michael Jones say these guys could start anywhere in the country. Now, time to see if we believe that statement, right? Because throwing Marlo Wax out there, I was going to be pretty confident in whoever the three were that ultimately are listed ones on this depth chart. Right. Now I got to see it too and we saw it in flashes last year from marlo wax he was one of those guys who felt like was flying all over the field and he i think he got like an all acc freshman uh freshman of the week or something like that at, at some point yeah there were some freshman accolades for him last year that i i remember seeing but with wax it, it's gonna come down to okay you you won the 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 spring summer sessions can you win the fall right. because who cares if you won the off season you got to win the fall and we'll see now it, it's going to be a good battle and again injuries happen um the, i mean fatigue happens so we'll see jeff Cannonarku, and it's going to be up to jeff to to make those same plays that we saw from a season ago as well all right we're going to get into garrett Trader in just a little bit but first it's that time of year again all eyes turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They have the online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. I always love doing those survivor pools. I always lose like week two or week three, but have to try it out at Bet Online. And you can try it out as well. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And receive a 100% welcome bonus. Some serious savings when you put in our promo code. That's locked on, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 100% welcome bonus over at betonline.ag. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. I use it all the time. They even have your favorite Vegas casino games on there. If you're into that stuff and you haven't made it out to Vegas recently, Head over to Bet Online. Use that promo code Locked On. Sign up for your totally free account today over at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So Garrett Schrader, this is going to be fun because we talked a lot about Tommy DeVito yesterday. And now the question becomes, how much will Garrett Schrader factor into this season? How much will he play? Dino has said that it is going to be, he's going to get his chance in games. And it's interesting, Garrett Schrader has told Stephen Bailey and other reporters 
that he doesn't really like the idea of a two quarterback system. He hopes that if he's out there, he is out there and he can get into a rhythm a little bit. Do you think we will see Garrett Schrader play against Ohio at all? I'm leaning yes at this point, but I don't think it's going to be a ton. Yes, I I do think we will see Schrader. I I think it's more of a question of how soon will we see Garrett Schrader? Is he going to be out there in series number two? Is he going to be out there in series number five, number seven? Like, where are we going to see Garrett Schrader? I would probably guess they give Tommy DeVito a couple of series to get into the flow of things. Maybe three, I would say. The first three will be Tommy. But if there's nothing, unless Syracuse has two, three touchdowns or two, you're going to need at least 14 to 17 points. I think in those first three drives for Garrett Schrader to not see the field by series four, right? Right. And who knows? Maybe it'll be a little bit of a mix. Maybe there'll be some running situations where, okay, let's run a a play. It's just a singular play for Garrett Schrader because we need three yards here. We like the threat of his legs and, and he can do it with his arm if he really needs to and we get into a little RPO. So I'm wondering where it's going to be. I would... But in terms of a full series, I would guess maybe around series four. Yeah, I think if the game is kind of going according to script, that would be the case. It's so much dependent on game flow. Like if Syracuse is down right. 14 nothing, we might see him earlier. I mean, we might see right. him earlier than Dino if imagined. he's got if, a, a pick and a three and out, yeah. Yeah, it could be his time, and that'd be I'd be all for that. And I do think Dino's going to have, you know, we always use the term, how quick is the leash, and, and that was a big thing with Bayheim for sure. But... <laughs> I, I do think that Dino has a relatively quick leash in mind because everything that he's been saying this offseason has been, yeah, I mean, he's looked good in practice, but we got to see if it translates to the game. And he understands that Tommy has to get better. He talked about how on his press conference yesterday, how he has gotten better at pocket presence and the things that we were talking about on yesterday's show that really need to improve for him. Even if the offensive line is good, he's still going to have to be better in the pocket because that's been a huge weakness of his. So, it's going to be interesting because I think he has been prone to the quick leash before, whether it was Eric Dungy for DeVito, DeVito for other guys, and some of that's been injury-related as well. But I really feel like if DeVito does come out and struggle and it looks like the DeVito we've seen the past two years, we could see Schrader by the second or third series. I it wouldn't totally shock me if that happened. No, and I don't think it's going to be a, a flip-flop either, like a platoon where, okay, first I drive DeVito. That'd be terrible. Yeah. That would be awful, okay? And the receivers would be, I think, the the biggest losers in all of that. You know, I, I saw some interesting stuff when I was looking through some of Garrett Schrader's numbers from when he was at Mississippi State in that freshman season when he was seeing a lot of time at quarterback. And it almost worries me a little bit, okay? So believe it or not, okay, Garrett Schrader is a pretty good passer when he's blitzed. I looked at some of the numbers here. He's got a 73.3 grade from Pro Football Focus when he's blitzed. His yards per attempt are at uh, 7.2. He makes his fewest number of of turnover-worthy plays. So for for people who are wondering what that stat is, turnover-worthy plays are basically dropped interceptions, throws that could have been picked, or fumbles that you recover, your team recovers. So basically anytime you could have caused a turnover. And right. when he's blitzed, he's pretty good. He's actually worse when he's not blitzed. 
Now, that's a problem with Syracuse. Sounds so much like Dungy, right? Yeah, (laughs) right, exactly. But that's a problem with Syracuse because they don't get blitzed a lot because opposing defensive coordinators have enough confidence in their front fours to get to the quarterback without a blitz. And yeah, but they kind of de facto get blitzed a lot because there's a lot of pressure on them quickly right. at the quarterback spot. Right. But, so maybe it'll translate but, a little bit, but I hear well, you. What I'm saying though is I think a lot of that comes down to the coverage numbers because when you're sending yeah. five, six, seven guys, obviously there's going to be someone that's open on the exterior. And that's where Garrett Schrader maybe is able to exploit some of that stuff. Where there's a problem is when there's seven guys back there in coverage or spying him and, and have their eyes on him. So if teams aren't going to blitz Syracuse and, and and trust in their front four to, to beat Syracuse's offensive line and, and the running backs out of protection, that's going to be a problem. And because the numbers, it's a pretty severe drop off. He goes from being a 73.3 grade to a 59 grade. The, wow. the completion percentage actually dips. He goes from a 60% passer to a 55.8% passer hmm. when he is blitzed versus not blitzed. Which to me is a, a very stark contrast That's weird. there. Yeah. His interception numbers are up when he is not blitzed, which I guess makes a little, little bit sense because you've got more guys in coverage, but you're also not having that pressure to force. So it's going to be yeah. a, a big game of, okay, what, what's going to happen? Like, I don't know what he's going to look like. He also hasn't played quarterback in a year and a half either. This is true. I mean, he's played in camp and all that, but yeah, I. I will right. say one thing I think could happen here is DeVito comes out first series. I mean, I think it'd be a shock if it's not DeVito first series. Now I wouldn't rule it out entirely, but we're all expecting DeVito first series based on the depth chart, everything yeah. else. I could see DeVito come out, lead them down the field, like maybe one of his early drives and they get towards the red zone or something. And maybe on play eight or nine, Dino brings in Garrett Schrader for like a run pass option type. Yeah. Play. Cause we've seen him do that with Clayton Welch a little bit. Why wouldn't he do it with Schrader? Just give a different look. It's early in the game. So that would make Ohio confused as to, Oh, are we going to continue to see this? You know how coaches then have to evaluate based on the first couple of drives, how they're going to change or alter their game plan as a defensive coordinator that throws in a wrinkle that I think Dino would like to throw in that he's going to establish early that, yes, I talked about it, but yes, I'm actually going to follow through on this. Garrett Schrader is going to play some. So I could see that happening. I'm I'm just glad there's competition, right? That, where yeah, if something right. were to happen to DeVito, whether it's poor play, God forbid, an injury, I feel way better about my number two quarterback, even my number three and four quarterback than I did a season ago. One other thing, we, what was the big number we were talking about yesterday? It was the pressure to sack percentage yep. from a season ago. And Tommy DeVito had a monstrous 43.5%. You want to guess what Garrett Schrader's was in his freshman season at Mississippi State? He played nine games. Okay. What was his pressure to sack percentage? I mean, I, I have no idea, but I would figure it's way lower. So I'm going to say 20%, 15%, somewhere in that neighborhood, maybe. You you nearly hit it. You put it right in the range there, all right? 18.7%. Okay. And for people wow, wondering what so pressure to sack percentage is, if you didn't hear yesterday's episode, first of all, go check it out because we talk all things Tommy DeVito. But second of all, it's when you are pressured, what percentage of those pressures turn into sacks? It makes a lot of sense, right? Um, yeah. And... 
that to me shows someone who can get out of the pocket. He can navigate. He can he can climb the pocket when he needs to as well, when he is feeling that pressure from the exterior. So he's not going to take a lot of sacks when he is pressured. He's going to find a way out. What did we see with Tommy DeVito? Kind of turtles up when that pocket collapses. Now, you almost don't blame him because when you're sacked as much as he was that season, 20 times in, in four games, yeah, I don't yeah. want him to get hit anymore. But <laughs> it's nice to have a guy like Schrader who, again, he's not afraid to get hit. He'll climb the pocket. He'll run around guys, and he'll he'll try to make things happen with his legs. It's a little refreshing, but seeing that number under 20%, I think was a very, very good sign for Syracuse. I don't know if Dino saw that number, but you have to think that's why he added him is because right. he knew, okay, offensive line should be healthier, but you never know. And we could really use a guy that just is much better in that category, given our weakness has been offensive line recently. I also think about, remember, we were at that NC State game that was 2019 yeah. a couple years ago. And you brought this up and it made me think about it, how you talked about when sometimes DeVito has been hit a lot in the game, he just sort of like, gets into a, a turtle shell a little bit when the pressure comes. That game in particular, there were a couple of times he just went down and he looked like an injured player. And you have to wonder, I know he has battled injuries a little bit, but was he injured to the point where that also made him just trying to protect himself more in those right, situations yeah. and made him a little more timid in the pocket? And maybe he is more healthy this year. That's another just excuse slash reason to get optimistic about Tommy DeVito, which we keep heaping on him and hopefully he'll follow through on some of them. Again, I do not blame him when you are hit yeah. as much as he was. Eventually you want the hitting to stop. And yeah, he could have been battling an injury throughout a, a majority of those seasons too. So you don't blame him for, for shelling up at all, but at the same time, you're not going to be a better football team. If that's what your quarterback does. So right. it works both ways here. If the offensive line, again, this entire season is going to come down to how big of a step have they taken? It's almost impossible to take a step backwards because if they do take a step backwards, they're going to beat Albany and that's it. Capiche. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's going to be the extent of winning this. If the offensive line takes a step backwards, that's it. But if they do get better, it's just going to be a matter of how big of a step that is. That's pretty much going to dictate the win total. All right, that'll wrap up the Tuesday episode. Reminder, you can watch these on YouTube. Subscribe to our new YouTube page if you haven't already. We're dropping the live streams kind of in the lunch window during the weekday. So if you're looking for a lunch break during work, right in the 12 to 1 window is usually when we're dropping them. You can chat along with us on our live streams there. Rest of the week, we'll get you guys ready for Ohio on Thursday and Friday. We're going to split the preview into two parts. We'll bring back the prop shop. Debundo's Digits coming back yeah. as well. Yeah. about that. He is committed to season two with us here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Big news there. But also tomorrow, I think we're going to do some season predictions and just talk generally about what we're expecting, win totals, schedule, all that stuff, and maybe some special teams talk, as well as any other breaking news that comes up here. We are here with you guys wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.